Once again, today we are joined by University of Minnesota Agricultural Educator for Pine County, Rod Breeder, to talk about COVID-19 assistance for farmers and related programs. How's it going today, Rod? It's going well, Joe. How about you? It's doing well, you know. It's a little, it was a little steamy today, but can't, can't beat it, I guess. So let's start off with talking about a crop update. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks uh, since we talked. And uh, as we look out the door, our corn and soybeans, spring wheat, uh, hay crops, they're all growing feverishly. We finally had some good rains again this past week. I think probably an uh, inch or two at my place and a couple of different rains. And it seems like it's been pretty widespread, maybe even too much in some areas. So uh, the crops are moving ahead really nice. They're seven to 14 days ahead of schedule for that, those crops in the county that got planted on time, of course. There's uh, some late planting, but mostly it's a week to two weeks ahead, which I think is probably going to be a blessing because I just looked at the weather forecast for the next week and it looks like 70s, low okay. 70s. So that's uh, five to eight degrees below what we normally have in August. And we like to have that August, what we or that heat in August, mm. what we call growing degree days to help that crop mature. So when it starts to turn cooler, in September, well, the crop starts slowing down and doesn't mm. mature, and then you have problems with frost and freezes that can kill the crop and hurt the quality of the grain. So the fact that we're a week to two weeks ahead right now in growth might be a blessing okay. come end uh, of fall. Also want to talk a little bit about some weather. Uh, we've had some high winds, not necessarily here in Minnesota or here in Pine County, mm. East central Minnesota, but other parts of the state, we have had some wind damage. And just a couple of days ago down in Iowa, there was a storm that had winds of 100 miles an hour. Oh, wow. And I think they called it a Dureco or something like okay. that. It has a special name for it. And it damaged 10 million acres of crops. Wow. Now, it didn't knock all those out completely. Mm -hmm. Some of them are got complete loss. Some will uh, regrow and mm -hmm. they'll still get some yield. But why I'm mentioning that is that affects the crop prices across the entire country. Mm -hmm. So while uh, crop prices are, are half to 40% of what they were at the peak in 2012, meaning they're, they're low, mm -hmm. 2012 we had $8 corn and $17 soybeans. Right now we're at about $3 uh, corn and $8.60 soybeans. But because of that big storm down there in Iowa, mm -hmm the corn prices and soybean prices have both jumped up about 10 to 15 cents. Okay. Thinking that there'll be a le less soybean, less uh, corns in the market, you know, lower supply, so mm. the price goes up. So that's, you hate to think about it, uh, what do they call that, schadenfreude, when you, you like bad news that affects other people. Yeah. So you hate to hear that, that those farmers are suffering, but it might actually improve our price prospects for corn and soybeans up north here in, in Pine County. So. Uh, that's a little tiny bit of good news hidden within, or what do they say, a silver lining within a, a dark cloud for yeah. us. Yeah. So we've had some rain. Our temperatures have kind of moderated right now. Uh, we've gotten the last cutting of hay out of the field. It was actually a pretty good crop because okay. of that uh, rain we had in, in uh, July. So not a bad growing season so far. Let's just hope we don't get an early frost. Yeah. Um, so what programs are available to farmers during these turbulent COVID-19 times? Yeah, there, there's a, a kind of a myriad of programs, mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's confusing. And as I've mentioned in the past, I'm a farmer. I've mm -hmm. got 80 acres, mostly hay and pasture, and I've got a beef cow herd. So I'm on the smaller end of what mm -hmm. you can call being a farmer. 
But I've tried to pay attention to these programs from my livelihood as a farmer, mm-hmm. but also as a as a professional, as an educator, so I can help people understand them. Mm. And I have a hard time sorting through them. And they keep changing. And and that's not all bad. You know, we all like to, to uh, complain about the government, but they're changing to be more adaptive, to mm-hmm. help people. So they're making changes that uh, act, uh widen the programs so that more people can access them so there's changes but it's probably changes for the good but there are federal programs there are also some uh, local county programs i'll talk about the county programs in a minute but the federal programs there's a coronavirus food assistance program goes by the acronym of cfap c-f-a-p okay and if you want uh, more detailed information on that you can just google it and I'm sure the USDA site will come up with CFAP, Mm -hmm. and there's more information there. So they've got funding available uh, for commodity crops like farmers that are growing corn, soybeans, barley, wheat, things like that. They've also got a separate program if you're producing livestock. Mm. So if you've got a dairy herd or a beef cow herd or some sheep or goats or poultry, Mm -hmm. and then each of the details of the program are different depending on whether you're growing a crop or livestock, and they've just added uh, fairly recently some programs for specialty crops. Okay. So nuts, berries, uh, just lots of things that uh, maybe aren't so widely grown here, mm-hmm. but there might be a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might be a few of them, even specialty tree crops. And we do have some large tree farms in the county and in the area. So there's different programs for different people. The Farm Service Agency office over in Mora. Uh, is facilitating these programs, and I'll I'll give you some contact information for them later. But the uh, application, if you want to apply for the federal program, is not that onerous. I've done it just to find out if I was eligible Mm -hmm. because I uh, have some calves that I normally sell in May. I didn't sell them this year because the feeder price was down about 10, 15 cents per hundredweight. Mm-hmm. which across a herd, that's a thousand bucks or more yeah, for me. It's a significant amount of money. It is. So I went ahead and applied for that program. I didn't get the funding. And there's some reasons why. And there's there are caps on revenues. Mm. Okay, everybody hates to hear the stories about the millionaire farmers getting all the farm programs. So if you have revenues uh, greater than $900,000, you're not eligible for these programs. Mm. Okay, so the, most of these are really targeted to smaller farms, smaller businesses. Okay. Now, $900,000 revenues, that's like 1,500 to 2,000 acres of corn. I mean, that's big. Yeah. You'd have to be really big to not be eligible. Also, uh, you have to have a loss that you can document that's 5% or greater. Okay. So if you say, oh, I got lost 2%, uh, well, suck it up. Mm-hmm. Suck it up, buttercup, as <laughs> we used to say. Uh, and then uh, if your income uh, from farming has to be 75% of your adjusted gross income. So in my case, I wasn't eligible in that way because I'm small enough and have a day job, mm-hmm. thankfully. Most of my adjusted gross income comes from my off-farm job. Okay. And, and uh, not 75% from my farm. In fact, my farm operation is probably break-even to maybe even negative. So I'm not eligible because I don't depend on that farm income to survive. So they want to help out farmers that this is their livelihood. 
Mm. You know, this is their job. This is what puts food on the table. So there are some some requirements and restrictions like that. Also, uh, you, uh, there are restrictions on highly erodible land, wetland conservation. We still have those things that we don't want uh, farmers to do things that don't uh, conserve our, our resources, mm. that they're not, yeah. they're, they're farming land that shouldn't be farmed. There's still those restrictions. So there, there's uh, some guidelines you have to know about. Uh, but those programs are available. They have been available for a while. You can still apply for the federal programs through September the 11th. Okay. So through September the 11th. And I can give you a website or give the listeners a website. It's farmers.gov slash CFAP. And that has more information about the federal programs mm-hmm. through the USDA. And also you can apply at that site. And as I said, uh, don't be concerned that uh, they're going to ask you for too much information because they aren't. They're, they really aren't. It's pretty pretty straightforward. You can fill out these applications. You might have to refer to your tax statement from 2019 mm-hmm. to get some numbers, but it's fairly simple to do it. If they need help, they should contact the FSA office in Mora, and I can give that number um, the executive director's number, or here we go, their general number is 320-679-2080, extension 2. And they are more than welcome, or more than willing to help you out. I've had to ask them questions myself, and they've been very helpful. So the last program, that's the federal one. Mm-hmm. The last one is the CARES Act, which we've heard about. Yep. And each county has had money distributed to the county to, to give out to uh, businesses. And this one too, it's for small businesses, less than 50 employees. And they're only gonna reimburse you up to $10,000, okay. okay? And you have to document, and in this case, it's a, it's a little more work, but not that much. You have to document what your direct cost was. Mm. So the example I gave for myself that I didn't sell my calves in May, well, I kept them, they're out on the pasture, I'll sell them in October or November, and I'll get my money back then, most mm-hmm. likely. You know, who knows what the price will be then, but I didn't incur really out-of-pocket costs. Now, if you're a farmer that, that uh, has a CSA, community-supported agriculture, and people come to your farm, and because of coronavirus they can't do that, then you've lost those sales. Yeah. So if you had $5,000 in sales, to your, commu- to your CSA customers in 2019 and zero this year, you can document that and say, hey, I lost 5,000 mm-hmm. bucks. Or if you, uh, uh, for many small businesses, if they've had to put up a, a window on their business for drive-through, for pickup, mm-hmm. well, what was the cost of that? So what was out-of-pocket cost that you had to incur in order to survive COVID-19? So that doesn't apply to all farmers. Mm-hmm. It's mostly to those that are public facing selling to the public where customers are coming to their yeah. farm or they may sell at a farmer's market or and there's not as many people there now no, or even operating their own personal produce stands is that a thing absolutely yeah. and if they couldn't do that now or their business was declined mm-hmm. it from 2019 to 2020 then they can document that and be eligible for the program gotcha now they can apply for the pine county cares act funding through august the 20th mm-hmm. So that uh, deadline is, uh, what, next Thursday. 
So it's coming up a week from today. And there's a, they can go, uh, there's a website. Uh, they can also call Dave Minky, the county administrator. He's in charge of that program. Mm-hmm. They can call me, and I'll help them out, too, give them the right information. But uh, to apply for that program, you got to answer a few questions again, but it doesn't take that long. It's worth starting it just to find out if you're going to be eligible for it. So I said, as I said there, it's limited to $10,000 in reimbursement, and you have till August the 20th. And if they're eligible and there's money available and they get a grant, it'll be paid in early September. Okay. Okay. Now, they can't double dip. Mm-hmm. If they've gotten a grant already, and these are grants, they're not loans, so mm-hmm. they don't have to be repaid. If they've already gotten a grant or are waiting on a grant from USDA, Farm Service Agency, the federal grants, they can't then double dip and get a Pine County grant. Okay. Okay, so they might have to pick and choose which one works for them uh, and which one applies to their specific operation. Are they commodity crops or livestock or specialty crops? Mm-hmm. And what size are they? The Pine County program is generally for smaller businesses, less than 50 employees, although many of our farm operations don't have that, don't have a lot of employees anyway. But that's just a relative way to determine what the size is. So those are kind of the programs that are available. Again, they can contact me and I can give my number 320-591-1662 or they can call David Menke, the county administrator. And he also has more information on that. They can also Google uh, Pine County CARES Act grants, mm-hmm. and they sh- the site should come up where they can apply for the grants. Um, are there a- other assistance programs available besides financial? There, there are. Okay. Thanks for asking that, Joe. Uh, the USDA has also announced some emergency haying and gra- grazing provisions. Now, these really don't uh, apply to the COVID situation we're in. It's more for those counties and areas that have had some drought or weather issues. So I don't know if we would would qualify there. There are about 500 counties nationwide that are eligible, and that list is available online. You can go to USDA Emergency Haying. And uh, so there are 500 counties that are listed there. There could also be counties that are added uh, individually or by state as well. So they should look into it even if their county is not listed on the USDA site. And the, uh, the, the, head, the uh, uh, threshold there is that they have to have had a 40% loss of forage production to be eligible within the county. So okay. if Pine County is less than half their normal hay production, then the county hay producers might be eligible for that. And then there's more details and, and restrictions uh, in, in terms of what they can do, what they can get paid, you know, or not really paid in this program, but what they can do with that emergency haying and grazing. Mm. It doesn't go on forever. There's a timeline where they can have that cattle out there till maybe 1st of November or something, 90 days. Okay? And then haying, they can do up to 60 days from the, when the program started. Okay. But give me a call if they have questions about that. And then the last thing, which we've talked about in the past, Joe, which within the University of Minnesota Extension and I think our entire university system mm-hmm. and, and federal, local, state governments, too, we're concerned about people's emotional well-being and mm-hmm. mental health in these times, especially if they've lost some crop, they've lost some business, mm-hmm. they're on the verge of bankruptcy. I mean, there are a lot of things all co- coalescing right now, 
And we want to make sure that they understand there's support, there's help. We've got uh, farm resiliency resources that are available. They can also call at any time a confidential helpline, and that is 833-600-2670. And that's Minnesota Farm Rural Helpline. And there are great uh, counselors available there. Okay. There's programs that are available to help in the, you know, give them resources in these difficult times. Uh, it all, they can also get some counseling or uh, consulting or feedback on farm financial issues and farm lender mediation too. If they can't make their payments, like we have lots of people that uh, aren't able to make their rent payments now mm -hmm. and yeah, they're on the verge of eviction, well, we've probably got some farmers too that can't make their land payments or their debt payment and they may want to go into mediation. And there are resources available to do that. Just reach out. They can start by giving me a call. Gotcha. And then finally, contact information. You've already given out your phone number, but uh, the Ag Extension Office has a website and a Facebook page. Yes, they can go to uh, extension.umn.edu, mm -hmm. which is our statewide extension website. And that from there, they can just put in Pine County and then they can pull up our website. That's probably the easiest way to get to the Pine County Extension website. And then on Facebook, it's Pine County Ag Extension. Awesome. Well, Rod, thank you so much for taking some time to chat. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having us on and thanks for helping us communicate and reach out to Pine County farmers. Mm -hmm.